Welcome to the 187th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, our topics are a brief overview of Patrick's weekend predictions, our weekly look at the NFL, and our weekly looks at NBA and college basketball. So let's jump right in with a look back at Patrick's weekend predictions, which are posted every Thursday on our website, 4thand24.com, starting in the NFL, where Patrick went 3-1 and with his weekend predictions. Similarly, in the NBA, Patrick went 3-1 and with his weekend predictions. Patrick went 2-2 two and two with his NCAA basketball predictions. And in college football, Patrick went 1-0 and with his predictions for college football, which was the national championship game. So Patrick went overall 9-4 and last week. That brings him to a 626 and 411 overall record, which is a 60.4% winning percentage. Patrick, your thoughts on your weekend predictions? Well, I'm going to talk about the game that meant the most uh, first, and then I'll actually skip over what games uh, or skip over the scores and stuff of the NFL games because we will be talking about them in the NFL recap. But the game that meant the most was the national championship game. Number one, Georgia beat number three, TCU, 65 to seven. Uh, I predicted that right. We would normally go over this entire game, but seeing as how it wasn't really that close, we're not going to do that at all. Um, so look, I mean, Georgia just dominated this game in all fronts of it. I mean, TCU got the one touchdown to cut Georgia's lead to 10 to seven after Georgia had already forced a turnover and scored on their first drive of the game with a touchdown um, and forced the turnover on TCU's second drive of the game and then scored a field goal off of that. Uh, TCU scored a touchdown. You thought, okay, they forced a field goal. Maybe they can keep this close. And then Georgia got another quick scoring drive and then another one after that. And then it just continued and TCU could never put anything together on offense, which is probably the most surprising thing in the game. I don't think I, anybody was really surprised by Georgia's ability to just keep scoring and piling on, but TCU only able to muster up seven points in this game. It's pretty surprising because they never really threatened outside of that either. Uh, but TCU going out very, very rough while Georgia securing an easy victory for their second national championship in a row. Then you had uh, in college basketball, TCU, I predicted them to win this game uh, against number 25, Iowa State, but number 17, TCU fell 69 to 67 at home. A very close game there. Uh, number seven, Alabama just destroyed Kentucky 78 to 52. Kentucky kind of in a down, down, downward spiral right now. Uh, then Illinois beat number 14, Wisconsin 79 to 69. I correctly predicted that. Number 22, Auburn beat number 13, Arkansas 17, 72 to 59. I predicted that one incorrectly. I took the risk on a better team winning on the road, but Auburn able to use their home field, home court advantage, I should say, um, and use that for the victory. Then in the NBA, the Bulls beat the 76ers 127 to 116 on the road. I got that wrong, but the rest of them I got right. The Nuggets beat the Cavs 121 to 108. The Mavs beat the Pelicans 127 to 117, and the Nets beat the Heat 102 to 101, although there was some controversy at the end of that game. Uh, and then in the NFL, finally, the Jaguars beat the Titans 20 to 16. Got that correct. Dolphins beat the Jets 11 to 6. The Bengals beat the Ravens 27 to 16. Got those correct as well. And the one I got wrong, the Lions beat the Packers 20 to 16. Uh, that ended up being very consequential for the playoff race. And we will talk about that in a second. Okay. Well, Patrick's predictions, as usual, will be posted on our website every Thursday at fourthand24.com. Let's now turn our attention to the NFL season, which continued this weekend. And let's take a look at week 18 action, Patrick, with the best games of week 18. The Jaguars, as I mentioned before, beat the Titans 20 to 16. 
That clinched the AFC South for them. Uh, the Titans, after starting out 7-2, and two, not even able to make the playoffs, which is a very sad uh, end to the season for them. Or maybe they started out 7-3. and three. I think it was 7-2, and two, actually. Um, but then you had the Rams, who lost to the Seahawks in overtime, 19-16. Rams almost making Sunday night a win-and-in for both teams, but turning it to a scenario where the Lions had no chance, no matter what the result was. And the Packers still had the win and in that existed at the beginning of the day. The Seahawks missed a field goal at the end of regulation that would have won the game for them. Uh, but then Jason Myers came back, made the field goal in overtime to end the game, uh, but definitely could have made the first one. And it would have been a little less nerve wracking for Seahawks fans. But Baker Mayfield threw an interception on the Rams first drive of overtime after they got a stop from the Seahawks. Uh, so it wasn't just a coin toss and over type of game. And then, speaking of coin tosses, uh, you know, the draft sometimes comes down to coin tosses for specific orders, but this time it didn't come down to a coin toss. It came down to fourth and 20. Uh, the Texans completed or converted, I should say, a fourth and 20 conversion with about 45 seconds left on the clock, um, and they converted a Hail Mary to what, well, to possibly tie the game. Uh, or go for the win if they went for two, and Lovey Smith and the Texans decided to go for two. And of course, they made it, which meant that they beat the Colts 32 to 31 and improved to 313 and one on the season, meaning that they forfeited the number one overall pick to the Chicago Bears uh, because the Bears went three and 14. And that Texans tie and winning this last game ended up taking away that number one pick for them. So that sucks for them. Uh, then the Dolphins beat the Jets 11 to six, the Dolphins kind of backdooring their way into the playoffs, not a very strong uh, finish to the season going 0 and five, and then just scraping out this last win in a very, very ugly game uh, with no touchdowns scored. Uh, something that you would see if Iowa was playing, but the Dolphins still able to make the playoffs, maybe with a healthy Tua, they can actually, you know, have a close game or two. I don't really think that's going to happen, but uh, I, do, I don't know if two is going to be healthy in the first place, but I also don't know if this defense can hold up against some of the better teams in the AFC that they will have to go against uh, in the playoffs, namely the Bills, who they will be playing next weekend. Uh, and then the Lions, they spoiled the Packers night, despite the fact that the Lions had nothing to play for in this game. They won it 20 to 16 uh, after the Rams went out and lost to the Seahawks. It meant that the Seahawks would get in if the Lions won and the Packers would get in if they won. but because of the fact that the that the Seahawks did uh, win that game. This really didn't mean anything for the Lions, but they still came out, spoiled the Packers' night, got their first win in Lambeau in a very long time, uh, which will prove important for next year. And uh, you never know if Aaron Rodgers is done or not, but the Lions definitely have something to build off of going into next season. Okay, let's move to other important games from Week 18 in the NFL. The Commanders beat the Cowboys 26 to 6. Uh, this game could have become important because Washington actually had a chance. Uh, I think kind of. Um, actually, no, they didn't, but they they, they almost uh would have made the playoffs if they had maybe paid a little more attention earlier in the season. Uh, but eight, eight, and one uh would have been good enough to tie them with the Seahawks. Maybe they could have won a tiebreaker scenario if the Lions and the Packers were also all eight, eight, and one. Uh, as well, and the Seahawks game did go in overtime, so there was a possibility for a tie there. I don't think they would have won those tiebreakers, but maybe they could have. Who knows? Uh, but the Cowboys, meanwhile, 
fighting for the one seed and doing a terrible job of showing out for it uh, doesn't really reflect too well on them in terms of their standings going into the playoffs. And they will now play the Buccaneers on the road uh, to start the playoffs on Monday night. Uh, then you have the 49ers who beat the Cardinals 38 to 13. That improved them to 13 and four on the season, uh, trying to improve seedings in that game. That's all. But the 49ers, uh, they're looking pretty strong coming into playoff time. They will be playing. They will be the number two seed. They're playing the Seahawks, uh, another rematch. And I really don't think that's going to go the Seahawks way at all. I think 49ers will be able to win that game, seeing as how Brock Purdy already beat the Seahawks on the road in his second career start. Or maybe that was even his first career start. I don't know. It was it was definitely his past his first game, uh, but it might have been his first start. And the 49ers were still able to win that game on the road against the Seahawks. I imagine they will be able to win at home just as easily, uh, but we will see. And then you have the Eagles who clinched the number one seed by beating the Giants who were resting everybody 22 to 16. The Giants scored 13 of their points in the fourth quarter when this game was already 19 to three. So it's not like this was really that close, which is why I didn't put it in close games, but definitely still important in terms of the playoff standing, seeing as how they that decided a very important seed. Then the Bills beat the Patriots 35 to 23. Uh, the Patriots were locked out of the playoffs with this loss. They actually had a win and in of their own, but no one really talked about it because of the fact that it looked like the Bills were just going to easily win that game. And then also the Bengals beat the Ravens 27 to 16, which uh, actually set up a rematch for next week. The exact same game, the exact same building, Bengals-Ravens again in the playoffs this time. Okay, that wraps up our look back at NFL action in the last uh, week of the regular season, week 18. Let's move on to the NBA, which is in regular season in full swing with our weekly recap of the NBA and starting as always with Patrick's thoughts on the three most impressive teams of the week. Well, I will start with the Grizzlies who went 4-0 this week. They beat San Antonio, Utah, Orlando, and Charlotte. The Grizzlies have now won seven games in a row. The Timberwolves also went 4-0. They beat Houston, the Clippers, Portland, and Denver. The Timberwolves are now 20-21 and uh, on the season. The Grizzlies, I should mention, are now with the, tied with Denver for the one seed. Uh, but Denver, not on this list because they were always pretty good and uh, – Thought I'd give the Grizzlies some more love as the as Denver had a pretty normal week, but still a good one for them. Uh, but the Timberwolves finally climbing out of their slump going 4-0 this week uh, to get to 20-21 and on the season. Then you have the Lakers who went 4-1. They beat Sacramento, Atlanta, Miami, and Charlotte. They lost to Denver. Five games in seven days is tough. LeBron had to rest for some of these games, but the Lakers have moved closer to playoff position. Still on the outside looking in, though, at 19-22 and on the season. All right, let's turn our attention to the flip side, the most disappointing NBA teams of the past week. I will go to the Suns, who lost to Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland again, and the Knicks, the Suns, following a six-game losing streak, are now under 500 on the season at 20 and 21. Probably one of the biggest shocks in the league is this team uh, and their relative failures to really get off the ground this season. They obviously had a great start to the season, but now even after some struggles in the beginning of the middle of the season. Now they're really starting to struggle in the dead middle of the season, halfway through the season, under 500 at 20 and 21. Then you have the Clippers. They're 0 and 4. They, or they went 0 and 4 this week. They lost to Atlanta, Minnesota, Denver, and Miami. The Clippers, also following another six game losing streak, just like the Suns, are at 500 at 21 and 21. 
but that is still somehow good enough for the number six seed as there are only five teams above 500 in the West. If you're curious, those teams are Denver, New Orleans, Memphis, uh, and the Sacramento Kings. And I'm blanking on the last one. I don't know why I started that without thinking about the finish of it. But anyway, um, then you have the Rockets who are 0-4. They lost to Minnesota, Utah, New Orleans, and Dallas. Actually, there you go. There is the other team. It's Dallas. Um, the Rockets have now lost seven games in a row. And, you know, we know they're bad, but that is still a disappointing result for them. And I had to mention their badness at some point in the season. Uh, maybe won't mention it again because it's not too surprising when they play poorly, but they were supposed to be much improved this season. They've had too many high lottery picks in a row to keep being this bad. All right, let's move on to the player of the week. This week, I gave it to Clay Thompson, who averaged 42 points five rebounds and three assists per game last week. I would have given it to Joel Embiid, but he only played one game this week. He had better stats, but just in one game. Uh, LeBron had a game that he uh, didn't play in because of injury, and he had some good overall stats, probably better than Clay. but I gave it to Clay for the scoring. He might not get it again. Uh, it should be noted, though, that LeBron is still playing really well. Probably he'll get one at least the week that he breaks the scoring record, which will happen probably sooner than you think it will. Uh, but, you know, a few weeks out, that'll be LeBron's week to win. But for now, giving it to Clay Thompson. All right, that wraps up our weekly look at the NBA. Let's uh, keep in the basketball arena, but move over to college action, starting with the close games of the past week in college basketball. Number three, Kansas beat Texas Tech 75 to 72. Texas Tech came into the year uh, ranked and with some high expectations, but it hasn't quite gone their way yet. Uh, so, you know, not really the greatest season for them, but we will see uh, if they are able to rally kind of and put together some wins in the Big 12 that may booster that that may boost their resume, I should say, um, and put them into the tournament conversation. We will see. Don't know yet for sure. Number 14, Wisconsin beat Minnesota 63 to 60. Minnesota is clearly the worst team in the Big 10 this year. So this result for Wisconsin could be described as a setback or as a letdown game, however you want to describe it is probably accurate as long as you don't say it was a good win, uh, but not a team you want to stay close with, but you know what? A win is a win. Wisconsin's going to easily make the tournament if they get five or six more wins in the Big Ten, uh, really easily make it if they get seven more, uh, and it looks like they're on pace to do that, so Wisconsin's still looking strong in the Big Ten, especially because I honestly think that after Purdue, there's no sense of who is ahead of who pretty much from number two to number 11. I think that we know for sure that Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota are kind of behind everybody else. And then you could maybe throw in uh, Penn state in that conversation as well. But I mean, between Wisconsin looking for Wisconsin beating Illinois or Illinois beating Wisconsin after Illinois lost to Northwestern Northwestern going on the road and beating Indiana, who has a bunch of injuries uh, Michigan looking great by beating Maryland by 35, but then losing to Michigan State. You just really don't know what's going on in this conference. It's really hard to rank the teams. I have a feeling that by the end of not this week, but the week after, there will be some more clarity as uh, as some teams will be way under 500 and way over. But right now there are five teams that are three and one in conference, and the two preseason favorites are stuck at one and three, uh, Illinois and Indiana. So it's really hard to know what's going on in the Big Ten and how to rank these teams. Uh, but right now, I guess Wisconsin trying to do their best to keep the number two overall spot. I think that's the consensus for now that they 
deserve to stay there because of some of their victories in the non-conference. Uh, and then I'll move on from the Big Ten. Talk about number 13, Arkansas, who beat number 20, Missouri, 74 to 68. Missouri is another really hard team to evaluate. They've had some good wins, uh, but they really had a very, 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 very weak non-conference. They're one of the last maybe 15 or so unbeatens, but then they got destroyed by Kansas at home. And that kind of made people dismiss them as a team. And then they came back and they destroyed Illinois at a neutral site. But then now that we are seeing what's happening with Illinois, they're just very, very inconsistent. So any team that's beaten or lost to Illinois is in turn hard to rank because that was always going to be treated as one of their best games. But now you don't really know. I mean, there are a lot of things up in the air about how good Illinois may or may not be. Uh, so Missouri, we will see what happens with them in the rest of the season. But for now, a fringe top 25 team maybe deserve to stay there. Uh, but anyway, number 17 TCU beat number 19 Baylor 88 to 87. TCU, uh, you know, not necessarily having a great week uh, in terms of what they care about, which is football at this point, but they can turn their heads to basketball season where their team has only lost two games uh, after the game that I talked about on my predictions that we will talk about a little bit later in this segment. Um, then number 25, Iowa State beat Oklahoma 63 to 60. A good win for Iowa State against a quality Oklahoma team that should be able to make the tournament. Uh, number one, Purdue beat number 24, Ohio State, 71 to 69. Ohio State was actually favored in this game. If they had won this game, I think Ohio State would be a clear number two team in the Big Ten. But because they weren't able to and then also fell at Maryland later in the week that I'll talk about again later, um, they didn't really claim that spot. They are also in that weird mix because they are two and two in conference despite having a strong non-conference. And again, the Big Ten is kind of a mess right now. Uh, we maybe will sort through that mess in a week or two. But then number five, Arizona beat Washington 70 to 67. Arizona did not play a good week of basketball this week, and that came back to bite them later, uh, as we will discuss uh, later. But uh, for now, I'll move on. Number nine, Gonzaga beat San Francisco 77 to 75. They also didn't play a good week of basketball. San Francisco has not been the San Francisco of the past. They are not as good as the team that got an eight seed in the tournament last year. So this is not actually a quality win um, for Gonzaga. It's an okay win. It's one of the best they're going to get in that conference because their conference isn't very good. But overall, it's not quality in terms of just comparing nationwide. Uh, then number 10, UCLA beat USC 60 to 58. Again, another team. UCLA should not be struggling against USC as a top 10 team. Uh, USC is not, I don't think, a tournament caliber team yet. They need to play very well in the rest of the season and really not drop too many games because the Pac-12 overall is pretty weak this year. Um, and then you have number nine, Gonzaga, again, beating Santa Clara, 81 to 76. This was also a very close game. Santa Clara really kind of blowing a chance. I really think that if they had won this game, they could put themselves solidly in the tournament conversation. They only had four losses coming into this game, had wins over some of the other good teams uh, in the West Coast Conference. And typically this league gets a bid from Gonzaga, obviously, but then also normally San Francisco and BYU were there. Um, so occasionally you can get, and, and St. Mary's as well. So, I mean, occasionally you can get three or four bids from the, from the West Coast Conference. And Santa Clara could have maybe been that fourth team as BYU has a little bit of a down year uh, and same as San Francisco. But instead, maybe this only turns into a two-bid two league with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, St. Mary's having a very good season under the radar, but the metrics really like that team. But Santa Clara... This win would have, A, helped those metrics uh, go in their favor a little bit, and B, given them a signature win on their resume that they weren't able to get in the non-conference. Then number 16, Duke beat Boston College 65-64. to 
This team does not look good at all. I'm not going to lie. Um, and we will see what really happened with them later in the week. Uh, but then the number can, sorry, unranked Kansas state beat number 19 Baylor 97 to 95 in overtime. The big 12 might have the best team combined in football and basketball. And it's not who you think it is. It's not Oklahoma. It's not TCU. It's probably Kansas state, Kansas state, obviously the big 12 champions, uh, in basketball, but it looks like they might be one of the best teams in this conference. Uh, beating Baylor on the road in overtime. They still only have one loss on the season and are currently in first place, I believe, in the Big 12. So a good season, a good start to the season, I should say, uh, for Kansas State. Don't know how they were unranked heading into the week, but they will surely be ranked now. Uh, Then Maryland, as I said, I was going to discuss Ohio State again, beat number 24 Ohio State 80-73. to Uh, Somewhat of an upset, not really. Maryland was actually favored, so that's why I put it here instead of there. But Ohio State suffering that second loss of the week Again, making it really hard to rank teams in the Big Ten. Maryland getting a quality win to kind of throw a wrench in the idea that they are bad after their 35-point loss to a struggling Michigan team. And then finally, you have New Mexico who beat Oral Roberts 82-75 to in an important piece of non-conference action after New Mexico suffered two straight losses to become unranked last week. They were the last unbeaten, uh, or sorry, they were the second to last unbeaten because Purdue had Purdue didn't lose before New Mexico lost. Uh, but then they uh, they slipped from 15 and 0 to 15 and 2, but reclaiming their spot uh, by beating a good Oral Roberts team who should be an uh, an auto bid in the Summit League, 82 to 75 at home to move to 15 and 2 on the season. Okay, let's move on to the upsets in college basketball last week. The first big upset of the week, and this is why I was uh, talking about Kansas State, was that they Kansas State beat number six Texas 116. To 103, no, this game did not go to any overtimes. Kansas State put up 116 points in regulation. I don't think that Chris Beard not being there for Texas means that their defense should be this bad. So this was a really big surprise uh, that Kansas State was able to go out and put put up this many points on a Texas team that was supposed to be good. I was incredibly low on Texas from the start, to be honest, uh, since their loss to Illinois. I, I just don't believe that. I don't think that Gonzaga is as good as people think they are. Uh, Creighton obviously has tumbled and kind of fallen down. And Texas's resume rests upon getting ranked wins over teams that aren't ranked anymore or aren't as good as we thought they were. Because at the time, it was a win over either number two or number one Gonzaga by double digits at home. Now it's look at Gonzaga struggling to beat Santa Clara, struggling to beat San Francisco. Yes, Gonzaga is still good, but I would argue that they're not a top 10 team. They're probably more of a top maybe 10 to 15 area team. But just because of the fact that their schedule is so light, they kind of just keep moving up in the rankings naturally. And that's kind of what happened to Texas, not because of a light schedule, but because of the fact, well, an intentionally light schedule, I should say. Um, Their schedule became light because the teams they played after they played them just kind of fell off. I mean, Illinois got that win over them and they got – high ranked again i think they were up to 17 or something like that or maybe even 14 later in that week but then since then they've completely taken a tumble uh creighton is only eight and six on the season a lot of that is due to injury for sure but that was once a top 10 matchup now creighton's not even ranked um so i I could go on and on about it but texas's resume kind of has dissipated and not a lot of people have taken notice to it uh but i have uh then you have pitt who beat number 11 virginia 68 to 65 Virginia is starting to really show 
how weak they may or may not be, but Pitt able to go on the road or sorry, now they'd be, I think that it might've been on the road actually, but Pitt regardless getting a big upset uh, prior to their game against Clemson this weekend that they ended up losing, uh, which puts Clemson at five and zero and at the top of the ACC, which is surprising. Didn't think I'd be saying that in basketball season. Um, Pitt had actually not lost a game since the neutral legends classic um, in, I think that was early December. Uh, they got destroyed by Michigan and then also lost to Arizona state, I believe before that, or maybe after that or VCU, but they have not lost a game since uh, until that Clemson game that I just talked about. And this was one of those wins that are showing that Pitt is actually probably going to be a tournament team this year. Uh, Fresno State beat number 21 at New Mexico, 71 to 67. That was New Mexico's first loss of the season uh, after starting off 14 to 0. Providence beat number four, UConn, 73 to 61. Just when you think they lost enough talent, uh, I was right in putting Providence in my preseason bracket. I eventually actually moved them out just because the consensus was that it wasn't a, they weren't a tournament team and they had a few rough losses in the non-con in a, in a very weak non-conference schedule. But now all of a sudden they're back on the rise um, and Providence again, now they're actually ranked again, just like last year coming out of nowhere to surprise people, but it shouldn't really surprise people because Ed Cooley is a great coach. And last year they were a four seed in the tournament and they still kept arguably their two best players. Um, so it really shouldn't be that surprising that they're this good, but yet people are still surprised about it. Uh, but Providence getting that win over UConn, who had already suffered their first loss of the season, but still a very big win for Providence and by double digits too. Uh, then you had Georgia Tech, who probably the most surprising upset of the week, beat number 12 Miami 76 to 70. Georgia Tech, not really a team like Pitt that has kind of flown under the radar or even Providence. They just aren't that good, but they got this upset over Miami and that is good for their uh, tournament resume if they're going to be able to mount a bunch of wins in a row at the end of the season somehow. Uh, to maybe get in that conversation without winning the ACC title. But for now, a good win for Georgia Tech. Maybe give their fans some hope and have them come to some games. Who knows? Uh, but Georgia, not Georgia Tech, beat number 22 Auburn, 76-64. to 64. This was part of the reason why I picked Arkansas over Auburn, because Auburn was obviously ranked uh, to start this week. But then I believed that after that loss, it wasn't necessarily the best uh, Auburn team. Um, but now with the Arkansas loss to Auburn, Auburn's kind of reclaiming their spot again. Then you have Iowa who beat number 15, Indiana, so 91 to 89, uh, Iowa able to play a strong game in this one race. Thompson got injured in the middle of the game for Indiana, but Iowa not able to, uh, continue to play well, or sorry, Iowa able to continue to play well, um, while Indiana wasn't playing well with that injury so then you have washington state who beat number five arizona 74 to 61 that was a big upset uh, as arizona was not supposed to lose this game whatsoever but washington state able to come out with the upset um but that was a good game for them um and then after that you have number 25 iowa state who beat number 17, TCU, 69 to 67. Iowa State going on the road, getting an upset victory over TCU. TCU favored in this game. Uh, would have been a close game if it was just at home, but not quite so. Uh, and then finally, you have UNLV who beat number 21, New Mexico, 84 to 77. This UNLV team is trending towards possibly also making the tournament from the Mountain West. Mountain West has been able to get in a lot of teams into the tournament in the past. So if UNLV is able to 
continue doing this, beat some of the other teams that might be near the tournament level, um, then we shall see if UNLV is able to make it in the end. Uh, but that was a good win for them nonetheless. Then you have Northwestern, who went on the road and beat number 15, Indiana, 84-83. to Northwestern did not quite get ranked this week, but maybe they should have. They're 12-3 and on the season with wins over Illinois and Indiana and Michigan State on the road. Uh, but Northwestern putting together a strong, strong season, part of that five-team tie for second place in the conference at 3-1 and one, uh, in conference play in the Big Ten and making everything very hard to rank in the Big Ten. Uh, as is common with Big Ten teams right about now. Then, in the other important games, uh, number three, Kansas beat West Virginia 76-62. to Number four, UConn beat Creighton 69-60. to um, And finally, number 22, Auburn beat number 13, Arkansas 72-59. to uh, That will wrap up this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. My dad's internet dropped, so that's why there was some... Uh, confusion there for me and i'll uh, just be wrapping this one up on my own i guess uh but please be sure to check out our next podcast which will be on tuesday january 17th hopefully with no uh technological drama where we will recap my weekend predictions have our weekly look at the nba and college basketball action and discuss nfl super wildcard weekend in the meantime be sure to check out my additional content including my ncaa tournament bracket that will be updated on wednesday my picks for next weekend's games that will be posted as always on thursday and all of that is on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number four, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.